0: Right, thanks, Alpha. Yeah. Ah, the miracle of modern, modern travel. You just get into that car, throw your stuff in the boot, away up the A9, follow the signpost and you're here. How different when I came to the Highlands first, on an old bike, which I bought for two and six. It was a real rough ride, but I got here. It was a place I'd always wanted to come to, but there was none of this that's around me now. What I saw was a lonely piece of wild country.
1: My name is DJ Bongo Boy. My name is MC Zaconium. (laughs) It's getting fruitier and fruitier. <laughs> Careful! You remember, you've got to exceed that next week. <laughs> Welcome to this Project Moonbase podcast entitled "The Great Outdoors." Yes, this is actually—I have to I have to be honest and say this is inspired by AMC's uh, Acolyum, who is recently taken to the Lunar Alps on a regular basis. Have you? True. You've been yes. up and down those up and down those things. Like, no one's busy this.
2: I have. Up, up the edge of the crater, down the <laughs> other side. There's not much there.
1: <laughs> quite dusty, is it? Dusty. Gray. And the chain from the hutch doesn't quite reach far enough, does it? You can you can, you can just about get to the crest, and then they can't go any further.
2: Yeah, then it starts to <laughs>
1: choke <laughs> me. Leg.
2: Ow! Oh! I'm dislocating my leg. So. Now, I do think if I can dislocate my leg entirely, <laughs> oh. I might be able to get out. But I'm, I'm saving up some of the uh, some of the fat <laughs> that you give me. I'm oh rubbing
1: it are. on my leg. You shouldn't be telling me this, really. You're right.
2: This is probably why I failed so far to escape. <laughs> you keep telling I, me your plans. I keep telling you no pl- like I'm like a like a bad Bond villain. <laughs> Let me explain, Mr. Bond,
1: <laughs> exactly how I'm going to escape. <laughs>
2: yeah. What I'm going to do is leave
1: you with these sharks, <laughs> you, so that I, I don't see you die. <laughs> And I'm going to go use this door that you don't know about here to escape myself. Yeah. This is how you open it. <laughs> uh, yes, I thought we would celebrate the world of the great outdoors, all things, all things bucolic and rural, on this week's show with as many tracks as we could find uh, on that theme. There's so a couple of there's always a couple of slightly tenuous connections, but you know we like to we like to stretch the, the definitions here. At yeah, minutes. look, it's free, so <laughs> it is at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> What happens? Let's, when, let's threaten our listeners. Slightly, yeah. Actually. What
2: happens when when the internet is expensive? <laughs> we all know it's a series of tubes. But what is some,
1: something that's stuck in that tube, oh, like a have sock? To, have to pay to get it cleaned out. A rodent. <laughs> in amongst all of the uh, the music, we do also have some unnecessary news. Yeah, that's right. This week, the happy dumpling to be who talks and
2: solves agricultural problems. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: okay. Yes. Look forward to that. Good. Uh, <laughs> I'll come up with some uh, some gardening questions. We're going to start with a track by German saxophonist extraordinaire Max Greger, the man who is famed, probably most famous for Big Train. Do you, you know Big Train? I do. It's rather, rather, yeah. rather fine the finest music. This is another, it's quite odd this, there's quite an odd vocal delivery in this, uh, this tune, but it fits in with the theme rather nicely. This is Max Greger und seine Orchester with a tune called Walking.
2: Alan Hawkshaw with uh, Rocky Mountain Runabout.
1: <laughs> yes, Pretty Groo- suspended stuff. It's modern. It is happening in modern and groovy. Modern and groovy. Um, originally recorded on the KPM label, but. Um, Gathered together on a collection I'm sure many listeners will have, will have in their own collection. This is uh, the Blow Up Club first compilation they released actually called Exclusive Blend Volume 1. I think it's made up entirely of KPM library tracks and that's one of Alan Hawkshaw's belters there. This is the Project Moonbase podcast, a weekly trip into the recent historic future. There are many ways, increasingly many ways actually, of getting in touch with us. Um, the one that uh, we keep an eye on uh, quite avidly is Twitter which you can get to through twitter.com slash projectmoonbase. You can use that to tweet us, and we tweet out to you too. In addition to that, we also now have a very new, brand new website. Head on over to projectmoonbase.com. Become a fan of Project
2: Moonbase. That's uh, facebook.com forward slash projectmoonbase. Follow us on Google Friend Connect, plus warn us to recommend Project Moonbase on Google. You can uh, drop us an email at show at projectmoonbase.com. And we've now got a new mailing list you can you can join. If you go to the Project Moonbase website, you'll see a button there on the right-hand side and an, an amazing new feature. You can call Project Moonbase. You can call the moon.
1: We've installed a space telephone yeah. which you can use to reach us.
2: And it's great. It's a kind of white telephone that glows. <laughs>
1: and it's in a bell jar as well. Yeah. To- <laughs> it's in
2: its own geodesic <laughs> dome. So if you have Skype, yes. if you press the little call Project Moonbase button, mm-hmm. it will call up our answering machine. You can leave a message. And if, yes. it's, uh, if it's succinct
1: to the point and non-offensive. <laughs> we may even broadcast we it. We might broadcast <laughs> it. Yeah, you could be famous. Yes. If you'd like to use that to make a request, dedication, or give us a little endorsement that we could use on the show, then we'd much appreciate that. Oh, lovely. <laughs> and you can also see a list of all
2: the tracks we've played and links to where you can find them. Project Mimus is listener-supported, so next time you buy anything from Amazon, please go via our Amazon affiliate link. It doesn't cost you anything, and it's totally anonymous, and it, uh,
1: it keeps us in moccasins. Mm-hmm. And we urge you to spend, spend, spend <laughs> on Amazon.com.
2: <laughs> Essentially, this, this whole show is just, a, is just a way to shift our range of fine cloaks.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's about time to actually maybe release the, the, the uh, DJ Bongo Boy space cape fashion yeah. fashion line we're building up to it this whole this whole the whole previous uh, 71 episodes have just
2: been building up to this point
1: yeah we'll, we'll have to make them slightly inferior quality to mine because we wouldn't want people pretending to be me would we really well, no. king of the moon there's only one king of the moon exactly and we know who it is yeah <laughs> uh, until newt
2: gingrich gets here <laughs> that's right we're
1: still keeping our eyes open you where are you
2: we're ready for He's you. He's quite old. <laughs> I, think we, I think it's all right. I promise to take a
1: bite out of his ankle if he comes up here. <laughs> Thank you. He's okay. quite red-faced as well. Isn't he we? is quite red-faced, yeah. <laughs> Coming up quite shortly, we'll be having our first uh, news bulletin. But before that, we're going to have another track, uh, theme of today, which is uh, The Great Outdoors. Now, if you're listening back to our uh, Nirvana show, yes, <laughs> yes, new listeners, we did do a show all about Nirvana. And it 's seems slightly... <laughs> I'm still not entirely sure why we did that, but um, <laughs> it was a bit of, bit of straight ahead at bandwagon jumping, yeah. I think, at the time. <laughs> uh, well, we must say
2: that, that is, all those uh, archived shows are still available oh, on are. projectmoonbase.com yes. if you wish to go back
1: and re enjoy them. Indeed. Re enjoy them. That particular one, 48, PMB 048, smells like Moon Spirit. Boy, that was pretty clever, wasn't it?
2: Smells like Moon Spirit. Mm. <laughs> yes. Uh, Great minds at work oh, no, here.
1: Extraordinary what the lab comes up with <laughs> you might remember on that show we played an irish elvis impersonator doing his nirvana cover well i'm glad to say i've found another excuse to shoehorn shoe- him in to another show that doesn't get enough of an airing this chap he, uh, he uh, recalls under the name of the king which seems reasonable i suppose if you're a- an elvis tribute act this is from an album of his called return to splendor <laughs> which i quite like too this is an alternative history. This is uh, what would might have happened if uh, Elvis became famous for singing a John Denver song rather than John Denver. This is uh, the king doing Take Me Home, Country Roads.
3: Almost heaven. West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains. I'm blowing like a breeze. Country roads take me home to the place. The water, dark and dusty, painted on the sky. Misty taste of moonshine, He drops in my eye. country road. My home far away. I'm driving down the road and I kind of get this feeling that I should be home yesterday. I miss you. i am Take me home to the place.
2: king with
1: uh, <laughs> a take me home country road thank you very much <laughs> that's my pathetic attempt at the elvis and we were just observing that it's quite tremolotastic I sure is. <laughs> ah,
2: that's he's great
1: filled with emotion i quite, quite like the king actually and his, his strange choice of cover tunes so <laughs> so do I. I think we might need to hear more from him
2: he might be uh <laughs> i don't know he's 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 bringing us bringing the spirit of elvis into the <laughs> he uh, is well, I don't know if that qu- counts of the 21st century. <laughs> anyway. Kind of, kind of. We were discussing Max Greger and his orchestra before.
1: Yes. I should mention, actually, there's a great line of CDs that uh, Polydor put out in Germany uh, called Jazz Club. You can get all of them for a fiver go, and there's, there's must, there must be 20 or 30 of them out by now. And they tend to be centred around particular artists or themes. And this is, a, as you might gather, a, this is a collection of Max Greger's uh, tunes called Greger's Groove Party. But uh, being German, they have obviously German liner notes, but they also do, kind of out of courtesy, they put a little, uh, have an attempt at an English translation in here as well. And I'm, I'm not entirely sure their words get, the, <laughs> they get the, correct, uh, the correct choice of words, because they describe, uh, they describe, in the English translation, they describe Max Greger as the king of sellouts. <laughs> 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 Which seems uh, a little harsh. Ouch. It's a little harsh. Come really. on. Really? By which I think they mean that, well, he's, they, it goes on to say he formed one of the most popular of all dance bands in Europe. I think that what they mean is that whenever he played his you know, his venues were completely sold out. But yeah, rather
2: than <laughs> he made a pact with a devil.
1: <laughs> Slightly unfortunate choice of words. <laughs> it's a fine distinction, but yes. an important one. He <laughs> was is. popular. Yes, Indeed. This is the Project Moonbase podcast, and as I say, we're going for a lovely stroll in the countryside this week. And it's time now, actually, to maybe have a little rest and chuck a log on the campfire of unnecessary news.
2: LSD can cure alcoholism. (laughs) (laughs) Really don't say it's a little bit like... Um, oh, I've got a cut on my finger. Wait, I'll chop your arm off. Yes, one dose of the hallucinogenic drug LSD could help alcoholics give up drinking according to an analysis of a study performed in the 1960s. A study presented uh, in the Journal of Psychopharmacology... yeah. Hello, good to That's new. <laughs> ...looked at data from six trials and more than 500 patients... It said there is a significant beneficial effect <laughs> on alcohol abuse, which lasted several months after the drug was taken. An expert said this was as good as anything we've got. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> LSD is a Class A drug in the UK and one of the most powerful hallucinogens ever identified. <laughs> it appears to work by blocking a chemical in the brain, serotonin, which controls functions including perception, behavior, hunger, and mood. <laughs> Some patients who took part in the alcohol treatment program were given a single dose of LSD. Fifty-nine percent showed reduced levels of alcohol misuse <laughs> compared with thirty-eight
1: percent in the other group <laughs> that didn't get their, you're their right. tab. Um, something is telling me that maybe showed significant signs of reduction of quite a few other things. Yeah, <laughs> <so>. movement, movement, <laughs> consciousness. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and the effect was maintained for six months after taking <laughs> the hallucinogen, but disappeared after a year. Those taking LSD also reported higher levels of abstinence. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. The report from what?
1: That's <laughs> almost unclear,
2: isn't it? Mm. The report's authors Terry Krebs and Paul Oljan Johnston said a single dose of LSD has a significant beneficial effect on alcohol misuse. They suggest that more regular doses might lead to a <laughs> sustained benefit. <laughs> really? He said curing alcohol dependency requires huge changes in the way you see yourself. That's what LSD does. <laughs> man. <laughs> Unfortunate side effects include wearing flares, saying "Wow, man" a lot, and <laughs> listening
1: to Pink. Floyd
2: (laughs) the moon is getting blamed for sinking the Titanic (laughs) hey steady on whoa hold on on. that was an iceberg yeah we You know, come on. The iceberg that sank the Titanic was set on its deadly path (laughs) by the closest approach of the moon to the Earth in 1,400 years, say astronomers. A -a once-in-a-lifetime lunar event created a super-high tide on January the 12th, 1912, setting loose a deadly fleet of icebergs. (laughs) Well, maybe that was the plan. (laughs) Three months before the Titanic sank on April the 14th. There we go. Okay. The tide dislodged icebergs from shallow waters off the coasts of Labrador and Newfoundland, filling shipping lanes with icebergs. The ice field in the area of the Titanic sank was so thick with icebergs that responding rescue ships were forced to slow down. Donald Olson of the Texas State Physics Facility said, of course, the ultimate cause of the accident was that the ship struck an iceberg. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, thanks. The Titanic failed to slow down even after having received several wireless messages. They went full speed ahead into a region full of icebergs. That's what sank the ship. But the lunar lunar connection may explain how an unusually large number of icebergs got into the path of the Titanic. Mm. So, to summarise, it's not our fault. (laughs) No, thank God for that. Lithuanian court rules that brewing Carlsberg is vitally essential. (laughs) A Lithuanian court has ruled that the brewing of Carlsberg lager is a vitally essential activity, thereby depriving the Danish beer monolith workers of the right to strike. Oh, dear. The decision came after the brewer moved to uh, prevent staff in its Baltic tentacle, walking out on a dispute over paying conditions. Carlsberg asked the court to stop workers striking... During its high season, by classifying the production of beer as vital importance, the court obliged, placing brewing in the same category as medical supplies and drinking water, (laughs) declaring the strike illegal and suspending it for at least 30 days. Jenny Formby, the national officer of the British Union Unite, which represents a thousand Carlsberg employees in the UK, described the ruling as probably the most ridiculous decision in the world. <laughs> she added, Of course, many people think beer is great, but it does not save lives. Well, uh, j- hold on, let's not say anything we might regret. Come on. <laughs> You've been used! Thank
1: you, Mrs. Cunningham, for putting the world to rights once more. You're quite welcome. <laughs> There'll be more unnecessary news later on in the show. Now, we're going, to, we're going to continue striding across the, the fields and pastures. And in fact, we're going to settle down beside a babbling brook for this next tune. The, the Wait, r- is this an opportunity for <laughs> me to do my unnecessary Scottish accent? <laughs> Look, I feel free, sir. W- wax lyrical. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> well, actually, we'll be hearing an actual Scottish accent shortly too, so that's another good reason to, to use it. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> uh. Um, this. I'm only doing this to annoy <laughs> you and you know who you are <laughs> someone out there is spinning not mm. quite in their grave yet but spinning nonetheless the choice choice of this next track was because I think it perfectly evokes the uh, tranquil tranquility the tranquil idyll of uh, relaxing next to a babbling brook this is the this is the 153 military-style Oh, uh, wait, this band. does
2: sound relaxing.
1: <laughs> the one, Spit one, it out. 153 military-style band organ from a collection called Wurlitzer Melodies at the Lake. I am so ready to hear this. <laughs> and it is indeed called, Beside a Babbling Brook."
2: The one five three military style band organ. Listening to that is an experience not unlike relaxing by a babbling, <laughs> bloop, only to be attacked by an out of tune Calliope. <laughs> I just see it kind of wheeling
1: wheezily up the up the glen.
2: <laughs>
1: there was a slight tuning issue there, wasn't there? <laughs> well, it's
2: it's probably out of breath
1: from, from wheeling
2: itself up up the uh, up the hill there. Yes. that is um, mental, extraordinary, really, isn't it? I'd, I'd like. <laughs> I think. If you're out and about and you feel crowded and people are getting in your way, I think just just playing that at Full Blast would, would clear a, a nice path in, in, in the supermarket, yes, for example. It, or, it would. Well, you could lay waste. Yeah, they'd just kind of part... <laughs>
1: comes from an album called well it's a melodies at the lake and some, there are i mean this is another thing where we might have to dip into this again because there's some quite interesting choices on here. we've got um we've got some fairly standard kind of swing music like here like in the mood and stuff like that and uh chattanooga choo choo but then we've got things like oh bloody oh da <laughs> and the muppet show theme Okay, right, yeah.
2: Well, look, if you've got your uh, military-style band organ, you want to you want to try it out on all kinds of things, don't you? Amazing. I'd love to see what that looks like.
1: I know, I know. I, know. I hope it's as big as a house. <laughs> well, the picture on the album cover appears to be of a merry-go-round, so I assume that it's... Um... Part of you know, I imagine you have to kind of torture yourself by you know you're, you're kind of climb that's on. That's
2: how you do. It. You get yeah,
1: climb on board and you can't escape. No, <laughs> you you, can't escape, well maybe right? that's how
2: it's powered. It's <laughs> powered using the souls of children. <laughs> but imagine if the whole thing, the merry-go-round, is the whole musical instrument. And imagine it's just kind of like Stephen King, like it's possessed <laughs> and it's just kind of roaming the countryside. <laughs> come on, come on, children, jump on! I'll power my crazy music with your souls. <laughs>
1: There's a trail of child husks left <laughs> behind it as
2: it goes across the countryside. Oh, that's so sad, Nightmarish. I'm surprised Stephen King hasn't. I think we should. I think we should write this script and get Hollywood to uh, yeah. to make it. The, the demon Calliope. All, all, all we need now is a cute dog. <laughs> and
1: uh, we're ready. And a French actor, Maybe I don't know.
2: Perhaps. <laughs> there could be a battle between this and the, and the French actor with a, well, and the accordion. an accordion. <laughs> accordion jewel. Oh, yeah.
1: well, this is building into quite oh, a climactic good, scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe a giant robot could turn up as well or something. Playing a mouth organ. <laughs> Amazing. Anyway. Extraordinary sounds. Most of the tracks, if all of them, have a fairly direct connection with the theme this week, which is unusual. This does give us a chance now to hear a track from the brand new Belbury Poly album, which I did have bravely described previously as his best yet. I think I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> uh, I think mainly because it has this uh, this kind of bigger sound, fuller sound uh, to it. That's, uh, a mixture of the electronic and the acoustic, and also, intriguingly for the first time, some vocals as well. And this next tune has some uh, some vocals on it uh, delivered by a child i think so this this may or may not conjure up nightmares too (laughs) but it's a rather beautifully named tune from the the album is called belberry tales and this is a tune called green grass grows
4: The mm-hmm.
0: From our positions towards the door. The door locked tight. We set off in a straggly line, hugging the wall to escape the worst of the effects of the fresh air. When we left the street and were in the country, Father became instructive. There is a thistle, he would cry into the wind, pointing a pale finger. And we looked. Then, further along. There is another thistle, again pointing. There were lots of thistles in Scotland. We were soon well acquainted with them. Mother was also informative. Look! A patch of grass! And we dutifully twisted our heads, then hugged the dry stone dike to escape the worst of the effects of the fresh air. Sometimes a big man would pass astride a donkey packed with turnips. We would ponder. Father would enlighten us. He will sell the turnips to a shop. When we came to the field, my parents would sit back to back by a tree and order us to play. Our best game was finding a rabbit hole, pushing our foot down, turning a right angle, then trying to pull it up with the brogue still on. An incensed rabbit would often carry a brogue off to its nest, and an incensed father would have to squirm through the warren to retrieve it. But he had played the same game when he was a lad, and could scarcely blame us for following in his footsteps. The other game was battering one another over the head with a thistle whilst shaking hands. When mother called, we ran up, tore a chunk off a square loaf, scooped it deep into margarine, then ran off to a secure place. After tea, father played the pipes and we danced reels on the dyke. Often we slipped and gashed our thighs quite badly but nobody cared in those days. It was all part of going for a walk. We went home in a line, father pointing out objects of interest as we passed, like, look, a tree. And if he knew, he would tell us the name. Home, we returned to our positions, while father snored with his head on the table and mother mixed porridge. We listened to the wind, and winked and smiled, absent-mindedly rubbing spittle on our cuts.
2: Mm. <laughs> this week's show is sponsored by toffee. <laughs> mm. Mm, toffee. It's hard to talk when you've got toffee. I've got Scottish again. <laughs> I can't help it. It's the toffee. It's the toffee. I tell you. I've removed the toffee from my mouth so I can retain my British accent. (laughs) That was Ivor Cutler, of course. Of course, yes. With Life in a Scotch Sitting Room, Volume 2,
1: Episode 11, Mm. from Jamie Smears. Um, You can buy that in download form, but that, I'm sure listeners would like to know, that was recorded from vinyl. Vinyl. (laughs) Goodness me. (laughs) You may have heard the old crackle. And preceded by the slightly sinister sound of the bellberry poly. Yes, that was that was quite creepy. <laughs> they're they're
2: magnificently uh, they, they weave a magnificently uh, electronically creepy mm, yes, sound. Yes. If I, I love if you bring a, if you wheel a child in <laughs> into your into your room of
1: creepy electronics, something magical's gonna something happen, <laughs> isn't it? Magical happens, yeah. <laughs> um, this maybe this is a fitting time to mention that uh, you can come and meet Project Moonbase <laughs> in the flesh, as it were. Uh, we are going to be bringing the Edinburgh Science Festival to a, a crashing conclusion, forcing it,
2: forcing it to a close, <laughs> forcing it to a rushing close. into the Edinburgh Science Festival and going. This
1: is a stick up. <laughs> it's all over. Mm. Yes. Nobody um, move. <laughs> well, actually, we we very much have the opposite. We hope everyone is going to be gyrating. Quite a... Scientific dancing. <laughs> a scientific dancing. That's what we that's want. What we want. Mm-hmm. Sunday the 15th of April in Edinburgh, if you happen to be within uh, striking distance of Edinburgh around that time. 2012. Or oh, 20- 20 does. <laughs> We're going to be hipsters about this. That's the first time I've heard that. Is it? My goodness, you really are. I've got a finger on the pulse there. I have. <laughs> 20. 20 does. <laughs> I didn't hear anyone in 2006 saying 20 have does. <laughs> well, that's because they just aren't... You know, that, was, that just wouldn't work. I'm looking forward to
2: 22 does. Well, <laughs> uh, next year it's 20 Beakers Durs. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. You heard it here first, yes, hipsters. Yes, we
1: should make it clear for future archaeologists that we are talking about the year 2012.
2: The year when we break
1: through. <laughs> That's like, right. I'm super successful. Yes. It's only taken us seven years or something. <laughs> Is it seven, eight, ten? I don't know. I've lost track. I'm not sure. Uh, we, as I said we're going to be joining forces with Sarah Anglis and her space dog posse at an event called Rocket Lolly which is taking place at the Gilly Doo, uh, West End of Princess Street uh, in Edinburgh if you go to projectinvest.com, there'll be a link on that to help you to buy tickets for the event from the Edinburgh Science Festival website, we would be happy to see you there we will have, uh, hopefully have some little merchandise PMB motion, merchandise.
2: M- merchandise we've got some merchandise <laughs> some bootleg liquor <laughs> We got some leather trench coats. We got some fedoras.
1: <laughs> can we get project Moonbase fedoras?
2: Yeah. Sure can, but I know a guy.
1: <laughs> so uh, What do you want, some hooch? You want some hooch? <laughs> you wouldn't mind some hooch, actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I do come along. Happened, then. <laughs> get back in your cage. Please do. Do come along, shake our hand. Well, no touching. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't encourage that. Actually, no R- respect a civil distance. Respect the distance. And <laughs> um, if you fancy coming along for some scientific dancing, do please come along. And now we're going a little bit of a one of the things, all the things that's popped up this week through this week's theme is we have a higher than the allowed by regulation amount of French music. Oh on the no, show. No, 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 no,
2: no, Monsieur, Haret.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we so coming up now. We have actually a little French dub, double bill, <laughs> bill double. Maybe I shouldn't continue down that road. (laughs) Although this next, uh, this this first uh, artiste is uh, strictly, I think, not actually French, but Gillian (laughs) Hills, Gillian Hills, as she's known on this side of the channel. Uh, Probably, well, I I guess in this country, most famous for being the star of the Owl Service. Yeah, I'm sure she's famous (laughs) for that. (laughs) Amongst our listeners, she is. Amongst our listeners, yes. And she was also in Blow Up as well. Um, but in La France, I think she's probably most famous for being a bit of a ye ye pop starlet. Uh, back in the 60s, she released many, many singles, and you can get there's a whole collected uh, two CD set of her work you can get. And we're going to play a track from that, which uh, again fits in, I think, uh, rather neatly with this week's theme. Uh, this is uh, Julianne Hills with Pré de la Cascade.
3: Campagne Arrosez le gazon Arrosez le gazon Viens, yeah, viens yeah, yeah 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 dans ma, ma campagne, arroser le gazon, arroser le gazon. Viens, viens sur ma montagne, taillir la... les boutons,
0: taillir yeah. les boutons. Viens,
3: viens sur ma montagne, réunir les boutons, taillir les boutons. C'est l'air de l'horizon, la bouteille des néchant, la bouteille des <detail> néchant. Peace, uh, see the fire,
1: Apologies for that, dear listener. <laughs> Again, I've chosen really for the theme of the show "Vienne à la Campagne," come to the countryside. Uh, I don't know anything about the artist. Is uh, well, I don't know if it's, it's billed as being two people, B.R. et DJ Pipi, but I think it might just be a one person behind this uh, this project. And it sounds like it basically sounds like he's singing along to some old French record, enhancing it. Some might say, yes. or
2: bothering it. <laughs> bothering it. Some
1: might say. From an album called Chanson Jamais Entendues à la Radio." Songs never heard on the radio. Uh, you can possibly guess why. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to contain, I reckon, the any other name I recognise off this uh, album, I think I've heard uh, on uh, Kate Butler's E at every other Monday show, is a French prog band called Fou Le Loublin. It's the only other band on there that I recognise, but uh, I'll read a couple of the other names in case listeners are familiar with these. Joseph Rakai, Albert Marqueur. And a band called Clamperai. I don't know who these people are, but it's a it's an unusual it's an unusual compilation anyway. And uh, and I rather I'd rather like that for its complete madness. <laughs> but we've still got some of our listeners yeah. <laughs> up to that last track. And preceded by we should have said actually, not just Gillian Hills, but Gillian avec ami. Mm. <laughs> she wasn't really doing a lot on that track. I was wasn't. No, 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 I realised actually that there wasn't a great deal of Julianne uh, singing in French there. But she uh, was humming along. She was. She was essentially just humming along there. But uh, it was a rather charming little number. All about a waterfall, as you might gather. A little romantic rendezvous. This is the Project Moonbase podcast. Now it's time to light the camping gas stove of unnecessary news.
2: Durham County Council bans the number 13 from council houses. (laughs) See how I'm weaving drama into these uh, these dull headlines. Not
1: not just your introduction. Fruity drama.
2: (laughs) Durham County Council will ban the number 13 from council houses. The unlucky number, in quotation marks, will be removed from streets and cul-de-sacs on new builds and uh, conversions in existing streets. They've made the decision to help house sellers, many of whom struggle to sell houses with the supposedly unlucky address. Maybe they should have seen that coming when they bought house number 30. (laughs) Death Road. (laughs) In a creepy, creepy hill estate. (laughs) Unlucky Avenue. (laughs) Unlucky Avenue. (laughs) Dead End Road. (laughs) The authority has taken over the street name and numbering function from the former local borough and district councils. Dave Wilcox... From Durham Council's Strategic Highways Manager. This is that's his name. <laughs> My name is Dave Wilcox and I'm a strategic highways manager. <laughs> and he said, Our new street naming <laughs> and numbering policy is based on those used by the council's former district and borough councils, most of which specify that number thirteen is not to be used in numbering <laughs> schemes. But what about six six six? Yes He continues <laughs> It was primarily to reflect the concerns of housing developers Who often struggle to, to sell houses located on plot number 13 <laughs> Yeah, but hold on What about those of us that aren't stupid? <laughs> we could buy a cheaper house Get a bargain yeah. Get a cheap house I would live in house number 13 yeah. Assuming I didn't live in a shed <laughs> in, a, in a hutch on the moon I am a prisoner he goes on to say, There's also been occasions in the past where the council has been asked to renumber a property as 12A rather than 13 by developers or homeowners. <laughs> yeah. Now, apparently fear of the number 13 is an official phobia named triskaidekaphobia. Triskaidekaphobia. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say. It is. It's been linked to the ancient Persians. I'll go <gasps> blaming the Persians. <laughs> You know what well, I don't like number 13 and it's got something to do with those pesky Persians. give me blaming on the moon. Next. This is this is do you think this is the cause of the uh, of the, the the Gulf War, the Gulf War? <laughs> could be. The number <laughs> Viking mythology and Christian tradition has been uh, yeah because there were 13 diners at the last supper apparently. Oh Thank okay. you. Mm, spooky. <laughs> Some airlines do not have a 13th row and certain hotels do not have a room number 13. Mm. However, the number is considered lucky in Tibet. Do they know much about luck? Because the other things haven't <laughs> been going well into that. <laughs> they haven't really. done that well, have <laughs> they? Let's <Just> face it. <laughs> if the council is uh, renumbering a property 12A <laughs> when it's really 13, mm-hmm. it's still 13. It it's still is, the 13th yeah. one. It if if, uh, if it's the 13th house, if you're sitting in row 14 on a plane and they've just skipped row 13, you are in row 13. You are. Like it or not, you're in yeah. row
1: 13.
2: They've just numbered it wrong, so you're still
1: doomed. <laughs> <laughs> what they should do is have a, an empty row
2: Yeah, a ghost a, row A
1: ghost row Then you then you could legitimately claim you're in row 14
2: Yeah If you're on a plane It's just have a, a row that just has like skeletons in it <laughs> Covered in dust <laughs> <laughs> How great would that be? Let's, let's, start, let's, let's start an airline Yeah, let's start an airline <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. we've cracked it! We've cracked it! We just, just you and I have worked out something that these fools have not been able to work out for all these years. Or just, uh, likewise, in a street when you have house number thirteen, you should just have it all covered in, covered in moss and kind of burnt up and just have like a skeleton on the lawn. Problem solved. Problem solved. Oh, I'm glad we're doing good works aren't we? And finally, Leeds' shop assistant is in love with the Statue of Liberty. The Statue of Liberty is adored by millions around the world, at least that's what the Daily Mail says. Amanda Whitaker says she has fallen head over heels for the famous New York Monument. The 27-year-old shop assistant from Leeds suffers from an unusual condition called objectum sexuality. Oh dear, Oh my steady. goodness, steady on. Whereby she falls in love with inanimate objects instead of people. She has installed a shrine to the landmark in her home to show her love for it but lack of decorating skills because having looked at the photo, it's tacky! She also mentioned that she previously had a
1: love affair with a
2: drum kit in her (laughs) teens.
1: I'm not sure I want to know any more about that. (laughs) So,
2: she said, this is my long-distance lover and I am blown away by how stunning she is. (laughs) Other people might be shocked to think that I can have a romantic feelings for an object, but I am not the same as them. <laughs> Too right. No, you're not, are you? <laughs> she uh, even says that she has thought about tying the knot with Libby. <laughs> Libby? How she affectionately calls uh, the Statue of Liberty. Uh, but opted not to because so many others love her too and also because you can't marry a statue you idiot Amanda says she first fell in love with the monument after a friend posted a picture online of herself with the 151 feet copper statue she has uh, since visited the statue in person four times where she says she caressed it and leaned out of the window to kiss its hair (laughs) Lady that is US government property. You're lucky one of those park rangers didn't tase you for slobbering on Lady Liberty. This is something we all know. Women who have just finished ovulating are best at spotting snakes. <laughs> Women who have just finished ovulating are better at detecting snakes than at other times during their cycle, according to the unusual, an unusual study that sheds light on inbuilt reflexes for survival. Nobo Mastaka of Japan's Kyoto University tested 60 healthy women of childbearing age at three different phases in their cycle. (laughs) They were uh, simultaneously shown nine pictures, one of which was a snake among flowers, while the others were only flowers. The volunteers were tested on how quickly they spotted the serpent. (laughs) The fastest women were those who were in the so-called luteal phase of their cycle, Or the stage that immediately follows ovulation. (laughs) Ovulation. Don't know why I did that. (laughs) And I don't know why I do a lot of things, including record this podcast, but never mind. This study strengthens theories that we have a fear reflex or an innate response to threat signals such as potentially poisonous snakes. Previous research has found this trait amongst infants aged as young as eight months and even among non-human primates, like football players or actors. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you have been used! Ballmen.
1: Thank you, Mrs. Canio. Thank you, sir. For a most, uh, most, div- most stimulating selection of stories this week. There'll be more on next week's show. We're getting near to the end of our little ramble in the countryside this week, dear listener, but so now it's, I think it's time for a picnic. Where's <laughs> nice to a, open the wicker basket and cork the thermos flask. <laughs> oh, those are some <laughs> nice-looking sandwiches. Hmm, With the crusts cut off, of course. Of course uh yes we're gonna have a little double bill now on the theme of picnics starting with terry snyder the king of percussion with uh, from an album called mr percussion actually but he hadn't reached a royalty by this day <laughs> his version of uh, a tune which is actually apparently a, a number one hit in 1956 not this version of it but uh, george dunning wrote this tune for the movie picnic the theme tune and this is terry snyder's altogether much more latin version of that tune and we'll follow that by another little tune from la france on the subject of the kind of things you might enjoy having at a picnic
2: And that was les cornichons from uh, Mariva Galanter, Mm. yes, or something. And she was um, essentially listing many things that you might like to enjoy (laughs) in a picnic, including—did you spot them? Cheese, mushrooms, (laughs) chocolate, pickles jam
1: yes i'm not sure about the combination of jam and corny shawn though which is what she seemed to be singing there but um corny shawn is one of our i think at the moon base we 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 kind of survive on it's <laughs> one of our favorite things it's a, it's a tiny it's a tiny <laughs>
2: finger-sized pickle it is crispy finger-sized pickle mm. ladies and gentlemen and delicious which i can
1: hardly recommend goes mm. very well with cheese it does mm-hmm. mm. i can I can concur with that who doesn't like a picnic eh? <laughs> Indeed, yeah. So time to pack away the wicker basket now, though, and uh, we have one final ascent to make on this week's show. I have been DJ Bongo Boy. I hope you've enjoyed this brisk jaunt in the countryside. My name is MC Zirconium, and I hope you enjoyed
2: the agricultural conversation. <laughs> 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 My brain is empty. Please reset.
1: you going with that, agricultural conversation? Yeah, I'm going with that. <laughs> I was hunting high and low appropriately enough, for a cover version, because I knew there would have to be a great one out there of Climb Every Mountain.
2: Yeah.
1: And I'd completely forgotten, I know this is a shameful thing to admit to our listeners, that none other than Wing <laughs> recorded a Sound of Music album. Bless her. In him. her own what inimitable way. What
2: a delightful surprise that must have been for you when you,
1: when you uh, re-realised that. <laughs> it was. I was clapping my little hands with joy. But you were. I bet you were. Phew! <laughs> now climb every mountain itself is quite a sedate number and we know as we know wing likes to take things down a gear or two so this is a <laughs> particular this is it doesn't i'm not sure this will inspire you to set it's, off and yeah. bag a munro or anything but uh, is it a particularly soporific <laughs> i mean <laughs> we
2: think a climb every mountain really should be a kind of come <laughs> on climb every mountain rather than sort of really yes, lie down and think, think about climbing a mountain yeah. but really don't do it yeah
1: it's kind of more in that latter category. But anyway, it's, it's a, it's a pre, if you like wing, you'll enjoy this, I'm sure. You'll. And if you don't like wing, you, I'm sure you'll enjoy it too. This might convert you, might bring you over. Everyone likes wing. <laughs> Until next week, dear listener. Those, those brown, brown nuggets, nuggets aren't chocolate chocolate-coated coated peanuts. peanuts.
2: To science.